welcome again. I am David of Har Barber and I am with James Calderwood of Jasper and Sam of Ezra Studios. How are you guys getting on? Hello. He's even got it on his t-shirt there and I read it wrong. Oh, I do, don't I? <laughs> I've got, I'm, represent, I'm representing as well. Come on, James. Yeah, boys. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I've, oh, I've got... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait a second. I can't show you now, but I've, I've got the logo tattooed on my arm. Yeah, I and I'm already thinking about changing the logo. <laughs> See, I was really? just about to ask that. I want a wee logo refresh. My arm's going to be covered. I want to change my logo as well, but I mean, I've literally just changed it for the third time. Yeah, well, I've just got that new logo that I got done for my t-shirt range, which I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't know where it's, it's one of those ones, because now that people know rep, know the logo, it's a yeah. little party, I just want to change it. But yeah, so Sam, you what, you started gardening. Yeah, uh, this has been the first bit of good weather we've had uh, since we moved into this house. So my dad found a place that still were hiring skips, because it was closed because of the lockdown, but... Uh, we got a skip out because we have just like gutted the entire house and all the wood was just sitting in the back garden and it just looked like total scaffy. So we got all that done and then I've got a shed in the back garden and I was like, I'm getting rid of that shed. I'm never using it. So the weird thing happened. I was taking down the shed, right? I was taking down the back wall because it was just like ply for some reason. Took it down and the guy had built a second shed on the back of this one. So there was two what? sheds attached to one. I was secret. like, all right. A secret wall. It, it was without the the Nazis it was just like Anne Frank wow then, <laughs> as I was, right as I was taking down the back wall that was a back wall there was a third shed on the back of that what now I never knew it existed because the only way to get around there is this very skinny path but we blocked it off so the dogs couldn't get back there the very who, who, so we never you... blocked the back where did you buy a house from, Fritzel? <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. It's only because my neighbour was out and like our garden like joined together at the back, so he can see the back of mine easily because his goes further back than mine does. And he was like, "Oh yeah, what are you gonna do with that third shed?" I'm like, "What third shed?" He goes, "Yeah, the whole defence look, and there it is, a third shed with its door at the back." I'm like, "What the fuck is wow. going on here?" That's amazing, like the height of laziness this guy before you spent, I want a new shed you got to get rid of the other shed? Nah, I'll just put another shed in front of that shed Neighbours, <laughs> Guy was not lazy, Guy was always building something and people people have asked me if there's um, like a fallout shelter underneath the house if he's built something underneath the house I'm like, no, <laughs> not that I found was, it. Was this the neighbours that have asked you that? Yeah, the neighbour, literally next door neighbour went Bowie, do you have like rooms under your house i'm like no so like, oh, we, we just thought maybe we would no wait i you... would investigate that i I'm would seriously that... at the same time i don't want to that's definitely a you're, just gonna, you're gonna go around the house just knocking on the walls isn't it? yeah just listen listen for here by the way is what you guys been up to well I, I, same with you kind of in terms of like gardening in a way well, not gardening Oh, the cat's managed to get yourself in. Oh. Um, I've just been joined by a dog as well. What's going on? Well, the cat just managed to... I thought I'd shut the door. Um, well, I did shut the door. He just managed to get it open. He got outside for the first time last week, though, bugger. Like, he's, he's an indoor cat, and he's uh, Lucy went out to hang out the wash, and he turned around, and he was in the garden. <laughs> he'd got the... Because he'd, he, occasionally, like, he'll jump up onto the door handle and try and, you know, pull the door handle, and he managed to do it. 
We've been living here for for about years. Never got out in the garden. We're moving next week, and he managed to get out. Oh. But, um, he knew he'd done wrong because soon she turned around and shouted at him. He just bolted back inside. But, um, <laughs> no, we've been. Uh, well, we've not got the keys to the house yet, but the guy that we're buying the house from, he's you know he's not living there now. So like he um, he allowed us to go and put the uh, get decking built in, and then we were we were painting it today. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's exciting life right now. Like I seen you were painting the deck and. I also seen that uh, another photographer was taking your photos, David. You want to uh, you explain oh, that one oh, to me? Another I'll photographer. Ex- I'll happily explain that. So we were uh, we decided to go for our one walk of the day to where where were we? Uh, Ken Ross way. Lock Leaven Larder, the the, the walk around. Oh the, yeah, that's yeah. beautiful there. That larder. Yeah, we'd never been that. Um, obviously, we walked from like Lock Leaven Larder to the car park that we parked in, but we we never went the longer way. So we, we thought we'd go around that way, and then this, you know, I, I passed one guy that was a client, but he, he's, he zoomed past on a bike, and was like, all right, David, and kept going, and it took me about five minutes, I was like, for five minutes, I was going, who was that? And then it clicked who it was, and then, so, then another guy, just out of nowhere, just come out of nowhere, was like, all right, guys, uh, listen, I'm a, I'm a local photographer, and I'm documenting iso- the, what people are doing in isolation, do you mind if I take your photograph? We were just like, yeah, sure whatever no worries I mean I don't know what he's documenting like, everybody will be doing the same thing but uh, he took our photograph but I have to say I wasn't I wasn't very impressed so don't, don't worry uh, and, you think that was just the police just you know making sure everyone was taking one walk a day I did say that to Lucy I was like he might probably turn it to the police you go again it's like I've got photos of you earlier what are you doing <laughs> what about you James what have you been doing a lot of nothing again, man. Uh, I decorated the office and in the process I've lost all my cables for the laptop charger, my audio interface. I've lost everything. Um, so I, I really shouldn't have bothered. I should have just stayed in the magnolia hell that was my office before. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's been anything noteworthy. Just been getting stuck into Disney Plus and okay. uh, some, some old classic. Oh, um, man. I watched that Togo the other day. On Disney. What's that one? Oh, I've seen you said everyone has to watch it. it. It's the one with William Defoe. It's about the 1925 serum run that they had to. Where they, this, in Alaska, there was a there was an epidemic. Right. And they had to obviously they had to go and get the they needed to get the medication, but there was a storm, so nobody was obviously willing to go apart for this one guy and his dog team. And uh, it's basically about it's basically about him getting the getting the serum. There's a statue being made. About it, and it's in New York's uh, Central Park. Wait, it's the wrong uh-huh. dog. Oh no! It's, but that's the point of the story. It's called the you know the untold untold true story. Basically, obviously that dog that this dog's like twelve years old, and it ran like three hundred miles. But obviously the rest of the dogs like team, but it wasn't the dog that finally brought the it back. It, this dog had to run twenty five miles, and the press just but you know even the press back then were knobs. <laughs> Like, um, what dog's that? I that'll do. And there's a statue of that of this dog, and it only ran 25 miles compared huh. to this. But yeah, but it's uh, it's really good. It's well worth watching. It's really really good. It's one of these Disney originals. I yeah. heard of it, so I got the Disney Plus. Well, I uh, see Disney Plus. Have you noticed that Disney produce a lot of crap? Oh yeah. There's some really bad titles that they've put out over the years. Yeah, have you ever watched High School Musical 3, man? Just fucking just give up. No, I wouldn't even go past. Uh, maybe with the first one. We watched the first one. Well, we, we, we were trying to find a film that the three of us hadn't seen before. 
And Lucy had said she'd never seen High School Musical, and I don't remember it being as shit as it was. I remember it being, yeah, it's all right. I mean, how old I was to? It came out in two thousand six. I was what sixteen, so I wasn't really particularly bothered about watching it then. But I'd seen it eventually. I'd watched yeah. it, and then we watched it again, and I couldn't believe how awful the act it was. Oh, was so bad. I don't. It's I don't not aged well. That I can't oh, wait to watch aged, it again. Then. It's not aged well. I, but you know, Lucy once it finished, you know, Lucy was like, "What was that about? That was rubbish. Like, what was the hype?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, it was." It's a, it's a big musical since it was like the first big musical that really was like that big since Greece, eh? So, yeah. but yeah, I watched it thinking like I don't remember it being as shit as it was. I've not I've not <laughs> seen the second or third one. Second one. Well, maybe it's a maybe it's a musical thing. But I've I've not seen the second one, but the second Greece is absolute dog shit. They've oh, got. Yeah. Uh, Can't imagine I've never seen it, but no one's seen it. So there's a whole musical number about this guy wanting to get into a girl's pants. And he's bribing her, essentially, saying, come on, you need to shag us for the country. And then they start singing, do it for the country. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and like, dude, you're so manipulative. Like, how, how, can, you, how can you say that the United States are needing you to, to have sex? I think they're in a... It's a Donald Trump one. So I think... <laughs> that is a fucking great sequel. I love the idea just sat down in the pitch meeting with like the shareholders and was like, right, Greece 2, what's it about? And then boom, shagging for America. Yeah. And I think they were stuck in a... I think they were in a, um, a bunker or something. So they're in this bunker. And then he's like, well, nothing else for it. We, we've got to repopulate the earth. We've got to do it for the country. Um, speaking of, have you have you heard the way uh, supposedly that James, I think it was James Cameron, pitched this sequel for Alien? No. no, no so no. I don't know. I'm going to check if this is true. Um, I I think it is true. I've got some of the details here. An 18 million dollar budget, I think it was. Basically. Uh-huh. Um, I could read all this and just stall, but here we go. Oh, I insisted. I insisted walk, and Cameron walked in the room without so much as a piece of paper. He went to the chalkboard in the room and simply wrote the word alien. He then added an S to make it aliens. Dramatically, he drew two vertical lines to the S for a dollar sign and he turned around and grinned. And the project was greenlit that day for $18 million. <laughs> when was this? What year was that? Oh, uh, it's got to be 98, sorry, 84, I think it was. 84. No, no, um, that was when the Terminator was released, doesn't say. Between Alien 1 and Alien 2, I imagine, (laughs) whatever that was. Well, he's he's an interesting guy, isn't he? Because it wasn't Terminator, like a reoccurring nightmare that he used to have. Like he was having this... He's having this nightmare. I think the original idea came from he was having this nightmare about this robot from the future come to to kill him. And then Terminator was born... James Cameron didn't he have a bit of a. He turned his ex-wife into a bit of a nemesis of his when it, like a lot of people do, I suppose. But it kind of went like Avatar came out the same year as Hurt Locker did, and obviously everybody thought that that was going to be the film that was that won film of the year. And then it turned out his wife that had directed Hurt Locker stole it, and he wasn't very best pleased. Oh really? So so James Cameron's a bit of a megalomaniac, though, isn't he? Mm. South Park did a thing on him like James Cameron does what James Cameron does for James Cameron. 
<laughs> well, I heard, I remember when uh, Heart Locker came out that being one of the few films actually chased down piracy sites and were suing people who downloaded the film, like individuals, just like you and me. Like, I don't think it ever been done before, and there were soon so many folk, and I can't remember, but it was well in the, like, tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of lawsuit money that they were wow. going to claim. Cause they're just for like, No, for Hurt Locker. For Hurt Locker? Yeah. Basically, they just tracked down piracy sites, find out who downloaded it, and then yeah. apparently was taking folk to court over it. Like, I, I got a letter from uh, my internet service provider once for downloading... Uh, what was it? It was... Oh, what's the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Really? You know the Harry Potter spin-off? Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, what's his name? So I bought it on Blu-ray. Uh, so for whatever reason, my PlayStation had shit the bed and wouldn't play the Blu-ray, but it came with mm. that ultraviolet download. All oh, right, yeah. And then that wasn't working either, so I was like, oh, got it, Pirate Bay, did it, yeah. got it. And then two weeks later, I had a letter through the door. I was like, you fuckers, I own it. I was, I was trying to watch it legally, and I couldn't, so I downloaded it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of scared for a while. Yeah. I, thought, I thought I was maybe going to get further, further uh, letters and documents and stuff, but nothing ever came of it. Yeah, years ago, I remember just kind of going for that. Me and my mate were, we used to like go to Asda, get food, get snacks, get a film, and like when Blockbuster was around, and chill oh, and watch it. And I went to went to Asda and I bought the the incredible Burt Wonderstone, which is that shitty Steve Carell, Jim Carrey. Magician film. I, I wanted to watch it because I thought it might be good, but it wasn't really that good. And I bought it for like 10 quid, got back to his place, and it was playing and it started buffering. I'm like, why is it buffering? He goes, Oh, yeah, I'm just streaming it. I'm like, well, why the fuck did you just make me buy it for 10 quid? He goes, I don't know, but you wanted it. I'm like, you're in. Oh, so I wasted 10 quid. So if anyone wants an, a sealed copy of The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, hit me up. Oh man, Blockbuster was great. I loved oh, Blockbuster. I loved that, yeah. I had this, um, the one in Glen Office, I knew the guy, uh, the manager, his name was Dean, and he was a bit of a stoner kind of guy down south. And Wait, uh, Did Dean have red hair? Uh, no. no. He, was, he, was a, he was a bit older than us. Like, um, did he have like a bit of like long a hair? Kind of nah, nah, he had like long hair. Did um, was he, that Blockbuster until it closed, or did he transfer? He might have transferred. He was like, he kind of, he talked like this, all right, Dave, you all right, mate? He was like that, he talked like that. I can't remember, because there, there was a... No, nah, he was a proper geezer. All oh, right, he not the same guy. Really so so guy, right, but he was a nightmare. You'd go in, right? I remember the first time I went to, um, like, rent Game of Thrones. I'd never seen it. It had been, like, I think the second season... The first and second season were on DVD, and uh, or maybe it was just the first season. No, it was first and second, and the third one was about to come on the telly, so I thought, well, if I can get through the first two... Uh, and I go in and, for the third. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at I'm reading the, the back of it and I'm oh, do I get it or not? And I goes to a, a shout over to Dean because it's just him in the shop. I was like, Dean, have you seen this Game of Thrones? Yeah, but it's fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. You need to give yeah. it a go, mate. And I'm like, Oh mate, well maybe it was yeah, but Sean Bean fucking dies in the last episode, eh? You're in the wrong job, right? Yeah. You're working in Blockbuster and just shouting spoilers to everybody. Uh-huh. It's like that guy that stood outside the, the Star Wars movie going, I can't believe Darth Vader's his dad. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, all right, mate, I'm going to bother watching it then, will I? Oh, there was actually someone that got hired to the Blockbuster in Firmland. She got hired when GTA Five was coming out because she had actually tested the game. So they hired her for like 
promotional because he talks, she can talk about the game. But I'm like, that'd be the worst thing ever. Imagine queuing up midnight for a GTA and the fucking wifey comes up to you and just tells you all about it. I'd be like, fuck you Yeah. A lot of games testers, though, they'll test very specific bits as well. Yeah. So she'll be like, whatever you do, don't do a wheelie on the bike that you steal off of that guy down Third Avenue, otherwise game breaks. Yeah. That's, that's about all she'd be able to give on release night. Game testing sounds fun, but when you actually look into it, it's like the worst thing I could imagine. Ah, it's a load of crap. My mate used to work for Rockstar, and he's, and he, he's you know, obviously they work up to the bow, and he, but like, he's, he said it wasn't, it was, it wasn't worth it. Eh? Like, I, he didn't, I don't, I can't remember what what part of the company he worked for, eh? but he, he, he gave it up. Eh? He just, it wasn't even worth it, you know. And funny enough, my 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 um my stepbrother, he works for them as well. Um, yeah. He works in the in the Lincoln office, but he I think he does he like does all the graphic design and stuff. So I think he create, I don't know what he's doing for them either, but obviously they're not allowed to say. Yeah, it's um, all under lock and key there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I be under lock and key. You promotional plug there for my James Cheers, but <laughs> 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 just ordered those t-shirts. Um, the day what a nightmare trying to get them done by the way. Like just to get ordered, eh? Oh, but, really? Where did you order from? Uh, I used pins and knuckles. The guys that did my last t-shirts, they're really good, eh? But it was just, I kept sending over the the, the document, and yeah. it was like, oh no, that's not coming out. All right, uh, it's too bloody. How are you wanting it again? And then I would show them, I showed them the exact how I wanted it, like the picture that yeah. I posted online. I I sent them that. I go, that's what I want. And then yep. when they sent me the draft copy, like my logo was like blown up right around here and I'm like, mate, I showed you exactly what I had to go. Because obviously it sends you going, oh, we're waiting to, you know, for you to, if you're happy with it or not, to confirm it. And I was like, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> Do what I showed you. <laughs> but we got there and their, their quality, I really like them, they're really good. They do a lot of the um, British wrestling guys' t-shirts, that's how I found them because um, Andy, my pal Andy, obviously, he's the, he does the pro wrestling, he it was him that put me onto them. And, yeah. That's getting that's getting long, Sam. Ah, uh, no way! Yeah, I was just sitting look there. Look at that. For anyone that's well, no one's going to be watching this, but Sam's fiddling with this massive mustache of his. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Long <laughs> <laughs> today. Oh, it's warm weather. But speaking of like speaking of um, fiddling with things, right? So where's <laughs> <laughs> this going? You know, you were saying you get, you're worried about these 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 phone calls and emails that you that you get. Like, there's a lot of scamming going on now. You know, right? I'm getting emails all the time, left, right, and centre for just you know, or oh, your PayPal accounts getting cancelled, or your or oh, your Netflix accounts, or Spotify, or or whatever. Your house party got, has been hacked. Yeah, your house party, um, which we haven't, we never we forgot to say last week. <laughs> it's not been hacked. Well, I I got this I got this email from somebody like that was giving it that I had to pay them like uh, two thousand pounds, or they were going to release a video of me on um, watching pornography, and it was going to be like a split screen uh, of the pornography of, of what I was watching, and then my car and obviously my face on the camera, and I'm sitting there laughing like fucking bash bash on boys, you're not getting too canned off me. All people are going to see is this. <laughs> Why are you fucking really? <laughs> But I was just uh, oh, like, who falls for that? Like, you should have sent it money. You should have sent some back, just like a link to your OnlyFans account. You're like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Here, by the way, you saying that? Um, two things. 
I have realized how much of a dad I am because I keep getting phone calls about like a car crash that I was in. And every time I get that phone call now, I'm like, why are you working? This is not a central work. You should be at home isolating, not calling me up. Like there should be no call callers. And yeah, that's that's when I realized I'm a dad now. But you say who falls for that? There was actually back to my call center work at a bank that'll be unnamed. This old woman got called up by claiming to be the bank saying that there's actually a mole in the bank um, and the fear that her money might have been uh, counterfeited so what they want her to do is go to the bank the branch withdraw the money withdraw x amount i think she withdrew about 500 pounds and someone will come collect it like in the high street and uh, they'll check and make sure it is that her money is authentic money Ignoring the fact that the money that you put in the bank doesn't keep aside for you, like you get random money. This will yeah. think about it. So she obviously goes in thinking that in the bank there is a mole, you know, counterfeiting money. So she's not going to say anything to the bank, took the money out and gave it to them, and then done it again a second time and was about to do it a third time until the daughter went, That's not right. So the wife lost a grand, like this old age pension lost a grand. And what you meant to do, she withdrew money from the branch. Yeah, that's as far as we can do. Like, she had to go to the police about it, but I don't think the police will, can do much either. That's brutal. Uh, that's a shame on her. Oh, it is. It's such a shame, but still. It is. I mean, to be fair, it is. When you're getting those, under, when you're put under those pressure, like, you, when you do get the phone call, it can go two ways. Like, I, I came very close to bloody hand over my business band it was not long after I'd opened up I remember hearing that I yeah. Saying that yeah yeah but luckily um, and we put post up on Facebook yeah. saying that you had just about been scammed it was the uh, it was actually my the, um, Darren it was the it was on placement for the college it, 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 it grabbed me and he was like they wouldn't have called your shop they would have called them your mobile if it was you know if, if anything and yeah. right enough Obviously, the business, the bank don't have my business, the shop, the shop's number. Yeah. So we just we just hung up on them, um, yeah. and then but called the bank because obviously like, you, you get told daily like, if you get a text or a phone call, just say no worries, I'll phone them, I'll phone you back. Yeah. And, exactly. Yeah. I was, I, th- I think I was like almost best one. I got this phone call. It wasn't even that long ago. I was like, oh, we're just doing some uh, surveys about banking and stuff. And the questions went on and on. I was on the phone for like 20 minutes and he, he kept kind of skewing it towards, he was like asking about Santander and then asking about NatWest and he'd be like, and who do you bank with? And I'd be like, I'd rather not say. And then he'd be like, oh, that's fine, da, 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 da. and who do you bank with? And I was like, oh man, am I, am I, is he trying to find out who I bank with so that then he'll call back in the future and be like, gotcha. Yeah. That's quite scary. Yeah, man. But Sometimes. then it, had, it was it was proper legit. A bit like you know the people phoning up for um, uh, have you been in a car crash and stuff. I think they are working from home now, but they've just got the call center noise on in the background. Uh-huh. You know I mean, they must have been sent out like, like a CD or a, an MP3 file to just play in the background. And this guy had that, like he was yeah. either in a call center or just like call center ambient dot MP3 on his laptop. That's I just fair. like I just like to mess around with those guys when they phone now. Like I remember this one woman phoned and was so I'd like to speak to you about the, the accident you were in last month or whatever they said and I was like, Oh yeah, was that the was that the one where the guy lost his leg? And they were like, Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I was like, Oh really? I was like, Was I okay? 
and they're like, and they're like, eh, yeah. I was like, yeah, but was the guy with the guy that lost his leg? Was he okay? And they were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was like, was it the guy that lost his left leg? And she was like, yes, yes. I was like, no, no, it was his right leg. <laughs> you must be at it. It was his right leg. And she just hung up on me. But, um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, um, um, yeah, speaking of people falling for things or, you know, obviously we all saw Donald Trump's um, latest comments. I said, I, I love his quotes because I didn't have to like, research it. I know he said it exactly like that. <laughs> Like headlines yeah. usually twist it out of context or whatever, but when you see Donald Trump, you go, he has said that with that intention. <laughs> Did you see there was a there was a tweet and it was uh, the tweet just said he is so stupid. Now the fact <laughs> that I don't even need to say his name tells you everything. <laughs> yep, like forty-five thousand tweets. You know, because obviously people are saying you know there will be people that will you know oh yeah well I should try that. Oh, 100%. You know, the fact, because the yeah. fact that, De- like, Dettles have to come out with a statement, and, you know, people are saying, I can't believe Dettles have to come out and tell people, don't drink this. But yeah. there are some yeah. people that will go, well, you know, I, that might be what, that might work. Oh, yeah. That's, that's uh, definitely a TikTok challenge, yeah. Well, have you, have you seen the other, have you seen the other angle? Because you've got the press conference where it's just, you know, him shot from the front. But there's an alternative angle where it's him from the side, and you can see his, like, chief medical officer, whoever she is. And he's just, you know, he's talking and he's, he's kind of recalling a, a meeting that they've had. So he's, he's talking some sense, but then he just goes off on this, like, injecting bleach and drinking it and all that kind of stuff. And she's just like, our head's in her hands, just about, she's like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Do you think, do you think he was just trying to think, he was just thinking out loud, like, there on the spot? He was literally thinking out loud, yeah, because there was, there was some bits that I, I got in a heated um, argument on Facebook about this, because there was you know. someone who was like, oh, yeah, because there was someone like, you know that PolitiFact website that tells you if it's true or false or not? He'd linked a PolitiFact post and he was like, this is false. He actually said this, but he had done another address where he where he smoothed everything out or just about smoothed everything out. Uh-huh. Um, but that initial address, like he said everything that everyone's talking about. But now you've got all the Trump supporters going like, no, he didn't, and spreading all this misinformation again. It's ridiculous. I, I, um, I, I don't mean to... Uh, maybe like half our listenership or, or more, but Americans online do my nothing. Just yeah. the, the, the way that they argue and, you know, that I don't know, I, th- I think Americans online are just a different breed. They, they think it's bizarre that people from around the world use the internet. They always talk on the internet as if it's just America that's on it. Yeah. Really gets on my nerves. Well, I'm sure the 6% of our audience in the USA will be extremely disappointed with uh-huh. what, you've, um, <laughs> what you've said there, James, but, you know. Not... <laughs> well, I just, I'll, I'll finish Whatever, that right? argument with, like, woo, go Patriots! <laughs> <laughs> just clap when the plane lands next time, you'll be all right. Oh, mate, Denny. Oh, the, um... <laughs> have you ever done that? <laughs> I've never, I've never done it. Not, though, there was one landing where I felt like I needed to because it was one of those really windy, you almost like Tokyo drift landed sideways and then corrected. Yeah, uh, and I was like, that's some skill, man. But uh, nah, my my reserved Britishness kept my hands firmly on my lap. <laughs> you get those, you get those like four people on the plane. No way, they still, they still do it. Even you know, um, I, when I flew to London late last year, you know, they were getting that, you know. I'm like, guys, come on. Oh, really? I, I <laughs> like a slow people. clap, like, let's build this up. 
<laughs> I could have got you there, sign. Oh look, there he is, the, 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 the man himself. I just found for all everyone who can't watch this, I've just figured out that Skype has virtual backgrounds, so I've just got a big photo of Mr. Crump. It's a beautiful face, isn't it? It's so orange. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we did this last night. Um, Sam, I dabble never... with photography, right? And yeah. a photo of Donald Trump, you must, you, you would probably second guess your white balance a few times. Would you <laughs> like, if you'd take a I'm, uh, I'm looking online here, at the, and apparently, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's far too many, but uh, I found a website here that has the top 50 craziest moments that, that Donald Trump has done in his presidency so far. How do you have top 50 already, man? Jesus. It's Trump, man, yeah. Well... I'll just look at the top three that they've got so here. What we're going to do, we're going to do top three, right, okay. Well, these are the top three that they've got. Uh, I yeah. don't know, if, I'm sure that this is probably a bit outdated because of, like, how many how many mental things he's done or said since then. Brilliant. Yeah. We've got a little background now, Sam. Sam's going to have a field day with his virtual background. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. It's fucking amazing. We were doing Zoom last night, and then this is something we came up with, so I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's do this again. Okay, so here's, the, here's number three. The president still hasn't released his tax returns. So uh, this was this this article was January thirteenth, uh, twenty nineteen. I don't know if he still hasn't, but it says the president owns a business. The president owns a business entity composed of roughly five hundred other business entities. The president <laughs> owns a business entity that he no longer controls, but his sons do. The president owns a business entity set up to allow him to withdraw funds at his request. The president owns a business entity designed to reduce his tax burden, shift risk, and ma- maximize profits. There is no independent public accounting of the machinations. What's that say? Machinations. That word? Am I saying I that right? No idea. Machinations of this business entity. Nor do his sons uh, and other company managers answer to a White House ethics board. The company remains a company meant to make money for the president. Wow. Um, but he had, since this article in January, still hadn't given his tax returns. Apparently. I don't know enough about American politics to know if he has or hasn't now. Well, this is where we rely on the 6% of the Americans that listen to us. Please keep listening. Don't, you know, my my previous comments, I didn't mean them. Um, (laughs) My fingers were crossed the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm I'm pretty sure day one, you you know, while while he's getting sworn in and all that kind of stuff, part of that process is if you've got any um, public companies, blah, 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 you've to shift them off. And they've to have you've to have nothing to do with them until after your presidency. Yeah, I'm sure the son he tweeted like his son had just released a book and he was like, "Oh, my son just released the book, blah blah." And someone like you know took a section of presidency's laws or whatever, saying obviously he cannot endorse a product or something, blah blah blah. And it's like, well, what's going to happen? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So number two is the president's pursuit of white power. <laughs> uh, Trump's response to Charlotte will showed the core of his philosophy, the preservation of America's traditional hierarchies of race. So this is when he had said that um, his quote was, very fine people on both sides, obviously the Charlottesville riots, yep. uh, armed okay. white terrorists, many of them uh, Confederate veterans, stormed the July 1866 Constitutional Convention in New Orleans and slaughtered nearly 50 people, many of them black Union veterans. Attendees... Yeah, so it's kind of obviously uh, until the 20th century, most American presidents supported white supremacy 
a relaying doctorate of the United States for most of its existence. Still few endorsed mob violence or defended those who engaged it and engaged in it until Donald Trump, who in the aftermath of a white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, that led to the death of the counter of the counter protester Heather Hare, defended the racist marches, saying that there were very fine people on both sides. Although it was a logical extension of Trump's governing philosophy, the core of which is the prevention the preservation of America's traditional hierarchies of race and gender. The statement nevertheless shocked up. So obviously that was mental when that was all happening. Right, means. Yeah. That that was one of those ones I, I remember seeing the you know, the, the headlines first was like find people on both sides or you know, there was something I was like, Oh, that sounds really racist. He's maybe just you know, he's he's trying to stay middle ground and they've picked that halfway through a speech or something. But then you watch that speech and you're like, oh no, he was just saying that um, there was, you, you know, that there was fine people on both sides, and he never once said that the the white supremacists were in the wrong. Yeah. He he completely failed to address the the problem. Yeah, um, well, that's that's where his votes come from as well. His yes, number. I, well, yeah, yeah. The voting system's crazy over there. Yeah. You know. I don't quite understand how it all works, but wasn't there like less people, less individual people voted for Trump, but it all went down on on, on the states, didn't it? Is that how it works? I think so. So you get your. Well, that was the that was part of the what was the the Great Hat that documentary, the Great Hat. I've still not watched that, but it looks really good. So I so that was about because I think you went on a state basis, so it doesn't matter the voter turnout, just the overall state, whatever the you know if it's red or blue, that's who wins, yeah. and then. The uh, Cambridge Analytica, uh, they were able to use Facebook data to say whether you would vote red or blue, um, or if you were in the middle, you didn't really know. Um, but what they found, again, because of this research data, was that those people in the middle are the easiest to swing. So they went for these, what they call them, swing states, you know, states that could go either way on a, on a whim. Um, they would infiltrate these groups on Facebook uh, put out targeted ads to these people that were in the middle and didn't know where they wanted to go and then they also found out that once you say you're in the middle and you go you read something you go ah oh, I'm definitely red now you are more likely because you're wishy-washy in the middle to go and spread the information and wave the red flag um, whereas if, if you were just red to begin with you'd probably keep it to yourself Likewise, if you were blue, you'd probably just keep it to yourself. But those people that they were converting in the middle, they were the ones that uh, were spreading all the the mad redness during oh. the during the run. It's yeah, it's the the documentary is interesting and it barely scratches the surface. But um, the the main woman in it, um, she's almost using it as a as a, as a way to, in the, you know, just be like, oh, I'm sorry, because she's like, yeah, we knew exactly what we we're doing, blah blah. We didn't think it would go this far. She knew exactly what to do. Um, okay, so number one here is he said children. Uh, well, it says here children are taken from their parents and incarcerated. Uh, I don't know much. Of, I've not heard much about this one, but it says well, they uh, the borders. Uh, the, yeah, the yeah, the, yeah. Here we go. The fact, uh, the fact of what was happening dawned before the scope of it did. In the summer of 2017, immigration lawyers and judges began reporting that parents were arriving at immigration detention centres without their children who had been placed in custody elsewhere, sometimes thousands of miles away. 
Not until April of last year, when a New York Times investigation found that some 700 children, many under the age of four, had been separated from their parents after crossing the southern border illegally with them in the preceding, preceding six months did the extent of the programme become clear. Though Donald Trump's administration has intermittently denied that family separation was ever its policy, uh, the litany of horrors associated with the policy lengthens, toddlers screaming as they wrestled from their parents' arms, children sleeping on the bare floor of cages, parents getting deported to their home countries while their children remain in custody here. Children falling ill in custody, Border Patrol losing track of where certain children had gone, when a federal judge ordered that children be reunited with their families immediately, it quickly became evident that border agencies had little idea, little idea how to do so. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, 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 it's beyond belief, eh? Like, it's, you read it's, this. I like the bit where he said, um, the wife was talking about domestic violence. He was like, Mexican violence? No, domestic. Wow. <laughs> was, have you seen that? I've not seen that. David, have you seen it? No, but it's such a mission. Oh my god, yeah, it's basically just like an interview, not an interview, but a press conference. And my wife is sitting in the front row, just talking about blah blah blah. And she goes on domestic violence, and he just goes, Mexican violence? It's like, no, domestic. It's like, oh. He's, he's racist to the core, isn't he? Oh, yeah. oh the, he mishears a word. And and he use it towards his uh, racist beliefs. The what so what I think see that top three there. What what we've got is a president that tweets the most mental shit, twenty four seven. Like he's no filter whatsoever. That when something like this breaks, this news breaks, it's just it's caught up in the rest of the crazy. It's like oh yeah, Donald Trump, he's so crazy. It's like no, there's actually children sleeping in prison cell yeah, floors yeah. in cages. Well, um, but what what people are doing mentally is lumping that in with uh, a tweet that he said about I don't know Chipotle burning his bumhole off. And, I don't know. <laughs> the, um, well, I was going to say that was his whole presidential campaign was saying so much wild things that people couldn't focus on one thing, so you could never yes. really speak about a particular thing. Whilst Hillary Clinton had the scandal with emails, he just went on and on about that, on and on and on and on and on. I just pinpointed that. So everyone associated Hillary Clinton with his emails, but Donald Trump said so much wild shit, people couldn't pick one. It would just be all over the place. The um, a lot of the American people have seen it as, oh, he says what a lot of us are thinking. No, he's, no, he's not. He's saying what <laughs> he's not saying what we're all thinking. He's saying what we're thinking, but we really shouldn't be thinking. <laughs> Some really intrusive thoughts. That's what they're saying. Uh, but he, it's it's him that does all his tweets. Yeah, like a lot of these people have people tweeting for them, but like that's that that's directly from him. Yeah, yeah. there's been a, I think White House aides or ex White House aides have gone on record to say that they have tried to stop him because he uses just his iPhone, and you're meant to use like this presidential phone that's like super secure and stuff. And he's like, no, nah, just use my iPhone. <laughs> That's good impression. I love the idea that it's just like zero 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 for his passcode. <laughs> One two three four. <laughs> that was Kanye West passcode. It was six zeros. Do you ever seen that when he met with Trump? Basically, that was like in the, the Oval Office. It was just cameras everywhere outside, and someone seen him inputting his passcode. It was just six zeros. Like Kanye West, six zeros. There you go. If you yeah. ever. They're gonna get his phone. Um, 
Trump's uh, he's, what was it? He's obviously you come with that Mexican Mexican violence. It's the same with the whole. It comes from China. China. <laughs> comes from China. How do you think Pablo Escobar would have went down if it was in the time of Donald Trump? Just because I'm watching Narcos right now, I'm like, I wonder yeah. what they've been like. If oh, they'd be in each other's pockets. Oh yeah. He's a fine man. Fine. He's very many. <laughs> he keeps my nose candy flowing. <laughs> He's he's just waiting to 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 sort out um, the American economy. He's he's hired a bunch of like billionaires that have obviously like the head of NFL. I'm sure the 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 guy that the chairman of like the NBA, like all these sports, like Vince McMahon, like all these people that have like that are self-made billionaires or millionaires, or whatever, like to to be his sort of financial, not financial advisor, but just to get like just to get the economy back. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, like oh, he, he's got a. Uh, Linda McMahon's already part of his um, cabinet anyway, because he's uh-huh. good friends with Vince McMahon. Yeah, well, he's. Um, of... Is that how Donald Trump ended up on the wrestling all those years yeah. ago? Yeah, yeah, they're friend, they're friend, they're really good friends. But he, Vince McMahon, managed to get WWE down as an essential business. Did you see uh-huh. that? He. I did see that. Yeah, there's yeah, been cameramen and stuff going mental because they've still got to film all these things. Yeah. Yeah, the state of Florida seen them as an essential business because they were essential to their economy. But what they did was they just gave the state of Florida $18.5 million as basic bribe money. And um, Vince doesn't allow any of his wrestlers to use the word uh, the words COVID-19 or coronavirus. It's, they have to say during these uncertain times, there's apparently been evidence that one of his wrestlers are on the telly had it uh, and they just completely you know denied it and yeah and apparently they are obviously he had the i mean vince vince had obviously the xfl but you know years ago like in the year 2000 which went bankrupt pretty quickly and then he started up again last over the last three years like it only just started just at the beginning of the year there and he put in something like a crazy amount of millions of his own money out of his own back pocket into the XFL and then he's just filed that as bankruptcy again because of this. So he's now getting sued by this guy who he'd apparently given a guaranteed contract to basically run to run the XFL for him. So he's yep. just getting he's getting pummeled from all different angles, obviously like you know, there's people wanting to sue him for making them. Apparently, he's forcing them to work during this. You've yeah. got the press on him for bribing the state of Florida, and then you've got the like. It's, so Trump's got some mental circles, like yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and and Vince is known for being a bit of a well, not known, but you know, a lot of you know race. There's a lot of racism from that from him as well. Yeah, like it's just that that weird age group that they're in, like of billionaires, like. Oh, you don't look after each other. Yeah, yeah. That's there's that. no way. There's no way you're getting to bribe the state of Florida if you're not pals with the president. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Have you seen the unemployment rate in America since oh, it's coronavirus? Ridiculous, isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? I'm trying to. I found a really interesting graph. I'm trying to find to show you because obviously that's going to really benefit or uh, everyone is listening to this. Um, but it's not working. But yeah, it's crazy. It's like the difference. And the only reason I thought of it is, um, it's like nearly about six million Americans filed for unemployment, like at yeah. the start of this month, at the beginning of April. 
um, yeah. which breaks the previous record of about three million, which was set the previous week. Um, so that's six million Americans. But you just know, you just know when this all calms down, this all gets sorted probably by the end of the year and people start going back to work, that rate is going to drop from about six million down fast. And he's going to come out and say that he solved unemployment records by like 300%. Oh, just, yeah. just trying to like do that. And there's people out there that's going to pull that same shit as well. And I'm preparing myself to get mad at it already. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the rate just now in America is 26.5 million unemployed. 20, look at that. That was Which 6 million at the start not, of the month. <laughs> it's not far off half of the UK's population, to be fair. That's crazy. If it continues, if it continues to go, it will be like half the UK suddenly being unemployed. James, before you go um, into the, the Instagram questions that we've got, oh, we've got yes. Instagram questions. Did, did you get some questions? Are you, are you I, any I will have a look right now. While, while, look. You're, while you're looking, I've got a, um, a question for you. Have you ever had anybody like you didn't recognise that you should have recognised, and like, you went for either the whole haircut and not not had a clue who it was, or like you had to. You, you ever had anything like that? I have, just because, had, just because, just when I went on that, when I went on that walk yesterday, and my yep. client like cycled past me, and it took me forever to realize who it was. It just yep. reminded me. It reminded me of a, of a of a time where that's happened to me in the shop, um, yes. or I happened to do it when I worked in Dunfermline. But so I've, I've, I've literally had someone sat in the chair. I've been cutting the hair and just winging the conversation, you know, because they'll be saying stuff that maybe alludes to like we know each other. Um, and I'm thinking, I really don't know this guy, but okay, I'll like carry on, chat, chat, chat. And I'll get to a point in the haircut where I re- recognise him now. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's not been in in a while and he's like got this overgrown bushy hair and beard and stuff. I trim it back and I'm like, oh, that's the man I know. <laughs> but then in the, the same, in the same kind of vein, though, sometimes I'll have cut someone's hair once. And, you know, whatever reason, they've gone to another shop. And I've moved around a fair bit in the past couple of years. So mm. they'll come back into the shop. And I recognize them. I know exactly where they work, where they live. And they freak out. I've just got, I think it's just one of those memory things. You know, sometimes you just, like, for whatever reason, like, it just stores in your head. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've had it both. I've, I've had not recognizing someone until I finished cutting the hair. And then I've recognized people straight away that, they're kind of thinking, I don't know you, or you shouldn't know this much about me. Um, both are freaky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had the same. Like, just like you said, you're sitting in the chair, you're cutting, you're chatting away to them, and you're, at, you know, you're giving them the generic chat because, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously quite awkward because they, they know, they think you should know who I am, but why are we having this really awkward conversation, like the, the icebreaker questions? And yeah. eventually just be like, mate, like, you've cut my hair like six times, eh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, just because you see so many names and faces, you just forget. I've even got good friends that I still don't know what they do for a living. Like, I'll ask them every time. You know, be like, so what was it you do again? <laughs> what was it you do again? Oh, oh, yeah, of course it is. Oh, that's what it is. Uh, that's right. Tell you. I tell you. This is what I do. Oh, I'll remember. And then I think, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, uh, so I've got a couple of questions here. Right, go on. This is a nice, uh, a nice, uh, easy one uh, coming from my friend Dan. He says, "Best pizza topping." Pineapple. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it's fair. It depends where you are, but just in general, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, mushroom and pineapple pizza would be yeah. delightful. Well, see, it makes sense. Like, I, I, I'm not opposed to it. It's not my my go to, but it does make sense. You know, you've got the saltiness and then the sweetness. Like, salty and sweet always go well together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does make sense. But there's like a a barrage of people on the internet. That are like so anti pineapple on pizza. I know, I don't. My friend, I'm calling her out right now, okay? My friend said <laughs> she hated it, hated it. No, it's weird. Did you ever try it? No. She went to her grand's, she tried it, she goes, that wasn't too bad. I'm like, oh, there you fucking go then. People need to just try things. Don't knock it before you try it. Exactly. That's actually one of my pet peeves. We can maybe save it for uh, another episode. Um, but pet peeves is people that are fussy. Yeah, I've oh. never tried the thing they're fussy about. <laughs> it's like, did your mum never make you eat your peas on your plate? Like, did you always just get your own way, you fussy fucker? <laughs> James, I can say to you, have you ever filmed a child with spaghetti on your face? I've not, no. Maybe you should try it before you knock it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it enough on my Facebook feed. I will never, like, just don't put it on your feed. Yeah. It's I don't David, what's your best, your favourite topping? I do like it. I like a spicy pizza, but when I, I used to be a delivery driver for Domino's, and when I'd go in on a Sunday, it would just be me and, and the one guy in the kitchen, and we used to just experiment with the pizzas a lot, and I, I found that I really liked to mix the tandoori chicken that you got at, at Domino's with the, with the meatballs with the barbecue base, and I, I've never, I've, I can't eat a pizza. I've never had a better pizza. There's a lot of sauce going on there, isn't there? No, well, the meatballs don't have like the the sauce on. It's they're just little individual meatballs. They're not got. Oh, they don't right, okay. So you got the barbecue base, and then you get the the tandoori chicken, yeah, spices or whatever, and then and then some just some meatballs, and that is my that's my pizza. When I go to create a create a pizza on 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 their website, but I just I do like NN spicy. Like see when you go to Asda and you know get a pizza, I'll just say just put. The spicy chicken, the spicy beef, the spicy whatever. Just get it on and get yeah. the chili sauce on, and I'm a and my arsehole is gonna heat me in the- <laughs> tomorrow. But we'll deal with that <laughs> tomorrow. We'll right, that tomorrow. I need to quickly just head off if you just want to carry on. But my daughter's been screaming for the last ten minutes, so I think that's time for me to no go worries. be a dad. Um, so I'll just leave it with um, house party still hasn't been hacked. I just checked so. <laughs> hey, take it easy, bro. Yeah. Are you fucking my cat just attacked me? <laughs> Look. Oh, no, he's, he's settled down. Um, yeah, my favorite pizza. I think I'm I'm a flavor guy. Like the, you know, if you've got your fussy people that don't like um, certain toppings and like it quite plain, um, what would they be? What, what's the? I just watched. Glass recently. Who's All right, the... yeah. So you you've got um glass and unbreakable, what is... unbreakable and split. Yes, 
Um, but so you know how the whole bit is like for your equal, for, you know, for for every evil there's good. Yeah, yeah, your opposite. There's always your opposite. Yeah. I'm the complete opposite. Like I would quite happily have like 15 toppings on my pizza. Oh, I love pizza. I love but, toppings. But up there, up there would be uh, anchovies, jalapenos, um, and then just like a, a whole load of veg. I like a whole load of veg on my pizza. Mm. Olives. I love some olives. There was a client of mine had just recently, well, I say recently now, it's been a while, but he'd only recently got back from a visit to Rome and he said, uh-huh. he just come back and he said, I'll never have a pizza here again the same. And he said it was not, I was like, oh, what, what how come? Like, obviously, because obviously that's the home pizza, Italy and that, yeah. but he's like, he goes, we just overcomplicate things here. He's like, I had a margarita pizza and I've never had a better pizza ever. It was just yeah. incredible. And I, I, he goes, I'll never, I'll never look at pizzas here again the same way. Have they, not got a law? Have they not got a law that protects a margarita pizza? Like it's it's got to be uh, your your base, the sauce, and like Jesus. cheese, and and that's it. And if you like, I think there's some kind of law. I don't know if it's um, punishable. I don't know if you get a fine if you shove a, a bit of extra on it and call it a margarita or whatever. But they um, they take it very seriously. Uh, they take their they take their shit seriously over there. Although I don't think they take it seriously as the uh, the Americans, do they? Because you, you get the um, the adamant like New York's got the best pizza. No, Chicago's got the best pizza. And then yeah, but they're just they're, arguing about it. That's only six percent, eh? But you guys are just fucked up. Eh? You're mental. You are, <laughs> you are weird. We're speaking to the six percent directly now. You are fucking weirdos. I've totally... got another question that um, well, Sam's gone. It is barber related, I guess. Right, let's go for it. Uh, so this one is biggest challenges faced opening the shop. Biggest challenges. Yeah, and that comes from uh, that comes from my client Ali's dog account. He's he's got an Instagram account for his dog, and that comes from Ralph the dog. Biggest challenges to opening the shop. Uh, I, you know what? This is a wanky as anything, right? But I didn't I didn't feel there was much of a challenge in. You know, getting things put together for the shop. There's I think no the big, physical challenges. I think the biggest challenge was leaving the shop I was at to open my own shop. That was the biggest yes. challenge. It was yeah. the, are people going to actually come to my shop? Yes. And did you did you find that you would have one day where you go, oh, this is going to be fucking minted, and then the next day you go, it's going to fail? Yeah, the day I signed the lease. As soon as yeah. I signed the lease, <laughs> as soon as my pen left the paper, I went, what the fuck have you just done yeah man right. i did the exact same thing i did the exact same thing it was um it was it was actually really tough for me because i i was really enjoying the shop i was at um and the, the guy that runs it keith and the the rest of the team they're all brand new so it was kind of like you know i want to go do this thing on my own and the, the opportunity just kind of landed on my lap um yeah but it, yeah, that yeah. was the hardest bit was leaving the, the shop i was at yeah um, oh man i hated that Hate it. I, I hate disappointing people, and if yes. you feel like you're, you've almost you've, you're not you're not, but you feel like you're stabbing them in the back because you're already going to yes. open up your own shop. And even though it was a completely different town, completely different postcode, you still feel like they're going to be like, "What are you doing, mate? You yeah. know, you might you might as well be opening your shop next door." That's how yeah. you know. That's how I built it up in my head. So yeah, that man. was that was the biggest challenge was just getting over the whole fear of taking that leap and then you know it's, it's you know it worked out 
yeah. Yeah, that was the that was the that was the biggest challenge for me. I imagine that you're saying it's the same for you. But because like, the physical stuff wasn't it, you know, aye, okay, it was a bit of a nightmare. Like I'm trying to, oh, right, what what chairs am I going to buy? Oh they're, oh, they're nice, but they're too expensive. Or oh, I'll get those ones. Oh, what do you mean the piping can't go there? Or, or you know, they, they were they were they were like I'm so impatient and I get so like frustrated and worked up quite quickly. Eh? So yeah. like, aye, aye, okay, that got me like rattled at times but at no point did that make me go oh i don't know if i should be doing this it was the it was the build up in, in my head of leaving uh, uh, leaving a, a job where i was i had my clientele i was getting paid weekly you know not a great yep. one eh, but it was fine i was I, yep. could, I could live off that do i really want to go and open up a shop and i might be twiddling my thumbs and not making any money because you got you've got to cut the hair to make the money you know where yeah. i was i could sit and twiddle my thumbs all day i still get the same wage pack at the end of the day yeah uh, so you were not a percentage or anything at your last place. You were just no. I was wages. employed. I was employed. Yeah. So yeah. I was. So I was. Um, the first shop I was at, I was employed, and then the second shop uh, that I left to then make start my own, uh, I was renting a chair. So I already had that kind of. I had to be cutting to be making money. Like that part was already ingrained. But the, uh, I think my the the biggest challenge I faced was suddenly being like I was the person that folk were looking for answers from. You know, yeah. be like, all right, cool. You, you, like you say, you got the chairs. Uh, where do you want them? What color do you want them? And that was that was a hard bit. Like, and maybe having the idea in my head and trying to realize that, you know, trying to trying to make it a reality, um, and not understanding that, you know, I'm telling one person to do this thing, I'm telling one person to do another thing, expecting them to get the whole picture, but they don't. Nah. Um, I think the de- delegation of tasks that was quite tough. Um. But it was, yeah, I would, I would say b- b- between that, between having to be the person with all the answers and just the fear of going off on your own and opening your own shop. Because essentially it's like running two houses, isn't it? You've got two sets of bills. You've got your bills for the business. You've got your bills for your house. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of money at stake, um, and even you, just monthly you... running cost-wise. And, you know, I, I've never done anything like this before. I'm not very business-minded, but, like, in terms of, like, Great, really. I, I, I ha- that's why I've got an accountant that does all that stuff for me because I just all that stuff just goes right over my head. Eh? Yeah, so, yeah. So like that was my like I was a little bit worried about that kind of stuff, you know, like understanding what this meant and making sure you didn't do anything stupid or. But um, oh, you know what just popped into my head? What's that? When I was asking you about if you'd ever recognised anybody before uh, or not yeah. recognised somebody before. It's been a, when I, see when I worked in Dunfermline, like obviously the 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 Alhambra's just down the road from the shop. Oh so, yeah. Um, you know the band the DMAs. Yes. <laughs> right, I turned them away. Yeah. Oh no. I was being a total. I was being a no, mate. I was just. It was the uh, end of the day, and they walked in. You, I mean, you take one look at them, mate, and you're like. They're coming in their scabby clothes. They're just like, but like that's their gimmick, eh? They're just dead, like proper chavy looking, like dirty. Like their clothes were dirty. Yeah, they walked yeah. in the shop. They just swaggered down, eh? Like obviously, like and they sat down, and it was the the heavier guy with the longer hair that was looking for his haircut. Eh? Yeah, and they sat and they sat down, and they and I was I was still um, not long qualified, but I was still kind of I was still like on the desk as well at times, and I was like, all right, guys, uh, he's got an appointment. No, you know they've got that Aussie accent here. Or, yeah. And they're like no. And I'm like, all right, well it's appointments should be. Eh? And he's like, well, can you know, just cut my hair basically. And I was like, nah. And because it'd be like that, I got my I got my back up here, and I was like, nah. 
<laughs> no, we, no, we can't cut you here. I just told you it's an appointment. We're fairly booked. And we're actually about to close in 10 minutes. And they're like, I'm just looking for a quick haircut, though. And they were, I was like, mate, there's nothing available, eh? <laughs> Like, so oh, they, no. so they, they stopped out and then Lee Logan comes over and he says, that was a DMAs. I went, what the fuck's a DMA? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, the band. The D-. And, I, and I remember that, sh- that video that they did the cover of Cher's song. Eh? Oh, I was like, yeah, growing cover. I was like, oh shit, I did play along at the, uh, the Alhambra the night. Eh? He said, I can't believe you just turned the DMAs away. Eh? And I was like, mate, they're calm down. Eh? It's, it's, it's no... Wasn't he Kasabian or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> bon Jovi. You didn't, you didn't just turn away Bon Jovi. Uh, I didn't turn away Springsteen. No. I turned away some dude that li- likes to wear the teddies and Ned. But, um, uh, cracking voice, yeah. like, but <laughs> like, sorry, bud, the appointments. <laughs> I was kicking myself, yeah. but I do it all the time. Yeah. I, see, when I, like, I had, I'd only just started working there, and uh, the um, uh, <laughs> Joe Cardo came in. He was like, uh, he's a big sort of big name for Dunferman and he'd played like down south and stuff about, he's, uh-huh. he's a really, really sound bloke I've got to know um, from coming to the shop and stuff but when he first came in you know I'm a football fan but I don't really pay much attention to like the, the lower leagues in Scotland so he, yeah. um, sorry Dunferman you saw that's what you saw so um, <laughs> he come in and I obviously he was just expecting to like you know I was I was going to know who he was and I would just say alright you got an appointment said, yeah I said What's the name? Joe. And I'm like, Joe who? <laughs> he's like, Joe Cardo. <laughs> and I was like, all right, sorry, man, just grab a seat. Like, still thinking, like, why is he talking to me as if I should know who he is, eh? Yeah. And then Lee Logan again, he's like, it's Joe Cardo, he plays with Tom Fairman. And I'm like, how did he support Tom Fairman? Like, I don't know who well, he is. Logan's uh, the man with the, the info. He's the, man, right? he's, the, he's the man in the know. He knew everybody. I was, but, I was really bad for that, because when I was working in St Andrews, a lot of... Uh, teams like big teams from down south and stuff would come up and get their hair uh, you know for training and stuff in St Andrews mm-hmm. they've got good ground and whatnot um, and the uh, yeah they, they were just always kind of baffled they'd come in in the training kit and they'd be like oh can we get a haircut and like, if, I, if I had time to but I think they were just amazed that I didn't know who they were because there, there was one team I can't mind who it was I think it was like Brighton or something Brighton were up and uh, they were just amazed that I didn't know who they were and then um, they were like, oh, this is so weird because we've got a barber that like just hangs about the stadium all the time, pretty yeah. much. Like when we're training at the training ground or whatnot, he's just on hand to cut our hair. And then see, see with bands as well, how you didn't recognise the DMAs. We were uh, in Dundee one night watching uh, KG Elephant and a couple other bands, and then we were upstairs in the um, the kind of the backstage bit as it were, in the doghouse, the old doghouse in Dundee. I was chatting to this American guy for ages about how much I loved um, uh, how much I loved uh, KG Elephant and all this kind of stuff and watch all their videos and I'm their biggest fucking fan on the planet. Um, See where this is going. And he goes, and goes Aye, so, so what band do you play in? Because there have been a couple of American bands that was fucking KG Elephant, wasn't it? <laughs> I've seen that coming late. Oh, oh man! Right, that brings us to the end of the episode because you know, we've been, as usual, we've been we've been going crazy for the last hour and ten minutes. That so much so that Sam's decided just to piss off. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> like, Actually, we've got a kid. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, by the way, I'm impre- I have to say I'm pretty impressed with the amount of listeners that we've been having since we started doing this. 
Has it gone um, up again? Yeah, well, we had, we're over the 100 mark for the first episode, um, yes. and we're pushing 50 for the second episode, and we're past the 50 mark for the third episode with Holy Village, so... Uh, well, same to episode 2 and wonder and figure out where it all went wrong. Yeah, probably conspiracy to these people thought, fuck, I'm listening to that. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> just didn't foil hatters. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.